This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have in this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast today is Claire Schmidt, founder and CEO of All Voices. I have spent the majority of my career working in sort of technology and specifically technology for social good. While I did that, I really saw for the first time that technology does have a huge role to play in solving social problems. And I was most recently vice president of technology and innovation at 20th Century Fox. And while I was there, I read Susan Fowler's blog post about her experience at Uber. And for me, that was sort of a wake up call about the modern day reality of the workplace. When I looked at the data, I found that 75% of people who experience harassment in the workplace never report it. So in that case, companies also don't have the information they need to solve the problem, help the employee find resolution, take action. So to me, it seemed like this huge mismatch that was really worth putting in the time and energy to trying to solve and address. This is Claire. She spent the majority of her career in technology for social good. She helped found and lead Thorn, the Digital Defenders of Children, a nonprofit organization which deploys technology in innovative ways to fight child sex trafficking. During her five year at Thorn, Claire ran all programmatic work, spoke at the White House, the State Department and Stanford University and led a task force of more than 30 major technology companies, including Facebook, Google, Twitter, and Microsoft. She also led social impact at Thrive Market, an e-commerce company focused on making healthy food accessible and affordable. And last but not least, she served as a vice president of technology and innovation at 20th Century Fox. Claire graduated from Stanford with a degree of economics in 2006. She was the curator and vice curator of the World Economic Forum's Global Shapers of Los Angeles. And in 2015, she won a Mike 50 award for her work at Thorn. End of 2017, she founded All Voices, a tool that enables anyone to anonymously report workplace issues directly to leadership. And this triggered me, and hence I invited Claire to my podcast. We explore what is broken in today's workplace due to the absence of tools like All Voices and how filling that gap will not only solve an enormous social problem, but also create the potential to take employee engagement to a completely different level with all the positive side effects flowing from that. By listening to this interview, you will learn three things. Firstly, that a big source of innovation can be inspired by critically looking at what's holding us back particularly in areas that fire up fear and uncertainty in people. 
Secondly, how to scale the sales of your solution when you're dealing with the weird conflict that the companies that need your solution most are the most scared to implement it. And thirdly, why keeping your sensors out for events in the market could be the spark for your next big thing, just like the Me Too movement did for all voices. So welcome Claire, welcome to my podcast and yeah, making the scarce time on your agenda available to share the big idea behind your company. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and well, I mean, I got introduced to you by someone I spoke to recently, and I'm glad he did, because what I've been, what I've been looking at, the website of your company, allvoices.co, I got really inspired with what your company stands for. But, well, I shouldn't be talking about this. You should. But before we start around the big idea behind your company, it's always interesting for my audience to understand a little bit about you. So if you would take three words that describe you, what would they be? I would say I'm kind, which I think is the most important thing <laughs> to be. Yep. I'm very motivated and I'm curious. Fantastic. And I'll maybe talk about it later on in the, in, uh, as we go on. But curiosity is a very key one. Of course, motivation as well, because you're, you'll talk about your big idea. I mean, because that I think requires you to be all motivated, or maybe that is what the motivation is all about. Yeah, I think to back up a little bit as far as, you know, why I started this company and what motivates me every single day. I have spent the majority of my career working in sort of technology and specifically technology for social good. I helped start an organization called Thorn, which is a nonprofit that builds technology tools to combat child sexual exploitation. And I did that for five years, actually. I ran programs for that organization. So everything that we were raising money to do, which was essentially building tech tools in collaboration with a number of large tech companies and also building technology tools for law enforcement that could help them identify trafficking victims and keep children safe. And while I did that, I really saw for the first time that technology does have a huge role to play in solving social problems. And that was something that was really, really exciting for me. And so as I continued through my career and I worked in other places and worked on other issues, that's always been a thread that's remained constant with me in terms of something that's important to me, interesting to me, and something I want to work on. And I was most recently vice president of technology and innovation at 20th Century Fox. And while I was there, I read Susan Fowler's blog post about her experience at Uber. And for me, that was sort of a wake-up call about the modern-day reality of the workplace and an area in which I think as a country and globally, we are really lacking in terms of how we take care of people and how we treat people. And what I thought when I read her story was she's very brave to come forward and to talk to HR about what she experienced. And my hypothesis was that she's actually an outlier, that most people are scared or don't want to do that or don't know how it's going to affect their careers. And so they stay silent and they don't speak up. And it's not because they don't want the situation to change. They do. But it's because the alternative, the way that we've sort of said to them, this is the way that you need to do it, doesn't work for them. And when I looked at the data, I found that 75% of people who experience harassment in the workplace never report it. So in that case, companies also don't have the information they need to solve the problem, help the employee find resolution, take action. So to me, it seemed like this huge mismatch 
that was really worth putting in the time and energy to trying to solve and address. I can imagine 75%. I think that's even on the low, on the low side. I think it's yeah, even I more. Yeah, I also but, uh, 85. Exactly. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's typically the things that yeah, keep, people keep quiet about and they just take it. Yeah, hopefully it will go away, but it doesn't go away, of course. It doesn't. So, and, you know, it comes out in other ways, right? People quit their jobs. People write negative posts on sites like Glassdoor, which damages the company's yeah. reputation. People sue their companies. People go to the press or write blog posts. And so there's all these unfortunate ways in which people are trying to resolve their issues because their company hasn't provided some type of internal solution that would work better. Yeah, exactly. So you created allvoices.co for that. How long have you been in business, by the way? So I read this blog post in the spring of 2017 when it came out. I basically thought about it all summer and talked to people about it. And as I said before, I'm really curious. And so I just tried to learn as much as possible about this space. I talk to people who are experts in HR and legal experts, diversity and inclusion experts, just tried to get a sense of what is sort of the state of the employee and what solutions are currently out there and ended up leaving my job at Fox in the fall in order to start the company. So we've been around since the end of 2017. Okay. So talking about what the big idea is pretty clear to me. So what is the opportunity if we get this right? Because I think there's two sides to this. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to hear what you think. What you think. First of all, it's, it's getting rid of the negative and it's, it's possibly solving that and getting indeed that information about, well, if people, if you rightly said, if the leaders of the company don't know about the problem, they can't do anything about it. And likely they will say, this is the first time I hear this. Yeah. Um, so it will be an accident. And obviously it's not. Mm-hmm. So it's taking away that part and it's, that is the negative part. But I also think it can be used to your advantage from a company perspective by promoting this and probably even proactively buying or subscribing to your solution and saying, we're all about this. We even have a solution in place that is whereby you can anonymously put your points in, but we have no one that does that because we're proactively taking care of it anyway. So it's sort of a brand thing. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to frame it. I think there's sort of this preventative deterrence element of having a tool like this in place, right? Because not only do you have a place for people to speak up, but that also puts people on notice to behave better in the workplace because there is a way for people to speak up more easily and they aren't going to be silent. I also think, yeah, on the flip side of it, there are issues that come up all the time in companies and you know, a big part of what our platform is about is essentially empowering employees to speak up about any type of issue that they're facing that's affecting their ability to do their jobs, be productive, be happy and healthy in the workplace, right? So yes, that affects, that relates to issues like harassment and bias and bullying and mistreatment and all these sorts of interpersonal issues or equality and inclusion issues. But there's a much bigger scope beyond that, right? There are so many reasons that people leave their jobs, so many reasons that people feel sort of disenfranchised or demotivated in the workplace. And so a big part of our platform is encouraging people to speak up about those topics as well, because the sooner the companies are aware, the sooner they can help that employee resolve the issue 
and also on sort of a systemic level, the sooner they can see what patterns and trends exist within their company and take really great proactive action. Yeah, that's true. And this, of course, is a complete new area in itself, like whole kind of following employee experience. I think that's much broader, by the way. Yep. But it touches upon that. Yeah, and it's all part of the same thing, right? Like when you experience something challenging at work, you're not necessarily categorizing it based on, you know, is it illegal or not? Is it a liability for my company or not? You're just experiencing something and you want to resolve it and you want to share it with someone who can help you resolve it. Yeah. Yeah, that brings me up. It's, let me think about it. So yeah, now that we talked about the big idea and the opportunity to get this right, and I believe that you can so many go so many areas with that. So it's fantastic that you brought it on the marketplace. Tell me a little about a bit about how the product works. I mean, what are the essential elements of this that you put in to make it successful? Yeah, so we did a ton of research up front and a ton of sort of legal, regulatory, technical, security work, all of that to make sure that we could build this incredibly robust, incredibly secure product that ultimately employees could trust to take care of their information, to deliver that information to the right person, and ultimately to help them resolve the issue, which I think is a really big part of what our product does and what's different than perhaps other types of tools out there like culture surveys. So to start, we knew we wanted it to be really simple and easy for the employee to use. We wanted it to be mobile responsive so they could submit a report or a piece of feedback through their cell phone, which we know that, you know, that's what people are using most of the time. And it feels the most kind of secure and personal to them. We wanted it to take no more than a few minutes for someone to be able to submit that report. And we wanted to ensure some type of follow-up communication would be possible facilitated by all voices after someone submits a report. So submitting a report is really just the first step and it's not the only step, right? It's the beginning. So the way it works is when we bring on a company, so we have a number of really amazing customers, they create a unique link. We create a unique link for their company that they can share with employees. So employees can go to that unique link. They're prompted to, answer a little bit of sort of a few structured questions about their experience. This helps on the employer side because they're able to look at charts and graphs and do all this great stuff in terms of analytics, but it also helps kind of guide them through submitting a report to their company. We give them a place to write out kind of a narrative of their experience, how they would like to see the issue resolved, why they wanted to use an anonymous reporting tool in order to share it. And the last step is we ask for their phone number and we do it a text message verification to make sure that it's the proper phone number. And that phone number is encrypted. All voices doesn't see it. The company doesn't see it, but that's what's used to facilitate that follow-up communication and the sort of notification elements. And then as soon as the report is submitted, the company gets a, the administrator gets a notification, just letting them know they have a new report so they can really answer it promptly and look at it right away. They're able to view the full report. They can view the sort of dashboard overview and see all the charts and graphs and whether this is part of sort of a a larger pattern or systemic issue. And they can message directly with that individual through the anonymous communication system that we've built into our platform. So 
that's the real, the sort of basics of how it works if your company has all voices. And then if your company does not have all voices, you can actually still submit a report. This is something that was really important to us from the beginning because we thought about the fact that potentially some of the companies with some of the worst issues might be the most scared to implement a system like this. And so we wanted to provide a resource for those employees regardless. So you can go to allvoices.co right now. You can select the company that you want to share a report with. It could be a place that you interviewed, a place that you freelanced, a place you used to work, a place you currently work. It's kind of up to you. And you fill out the same set of sort of structured information. And then the only difference is we ask you for an email address of the person that you would like us to share it with on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And then we pass that report along and we facilitate the same two-way communication as we do for our paying customers, completely free of charge. And that's how we are able to sort of fulfill our social mission, which is we want to have reach far beyond the customers that are paying us and that are signed up with us and working with us. Of course, yeah. Because this problem is way bigger than that. Yeah, that's really, really good. I mean, this is, first of all, I mean, I heard you talk about the word robust and secure. And I normally get itchy if I hear people use the word robust. But this is the first time it actually has a core meaning because it needs to be super robust. <laughs> so, yeah. And the other thing it made me think of is, is the dilemma that, for example, a company like Airbnb had in the beginning that to design for trust. Because why would you let someone be in your house? And how can you create that, that level of trust, and which, of course, is the bi-directional voting and that kind of stuff? But yeah, it's critical to, to think about these things because they really, really matter. And the other part is also what I like about it is that it's extremely low touch and easy to do so that it's that that's not going to be any issue to get people to act. Exactly. Interesting, interesting what you've done there. Yeah, that's really important to us. All of that, the trust, the ease of use, the security, everything. Yeah, and I mean, I, I admire you for taking it far broader than your customers. And it makes me think about what other companies can do around that same same principle. Because many solutions at the end have far broader impact than the customers that are using it some of those those diamonds in the rough that everybody needs to know about because there is so much value with that interesting let me see we talked about decisions that you made and then why you've done this thing so talking about the yeah i mean going back to the to the whole idea behind this and what is the motivation for customers for your customers to start it in the first place because you made a very relevant remark about that maybe the companies that need it most are the least inclined to even start thinking about something like this. So what what have you seen, what have you experienced and learned from selling this? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, I think we're at a very interesting time. Like I think if I had tried to start this company five years ago, it would have been so much harder. But because of, well, I think what the Me Too movement has really done is to sort of take away the excuse from companies that, If you don't know about it, you don't have to address it, right? So we saw all of these companies being held accountable for behavior. And in some cases, they issued, you know, statements saying, you know, we weren't aware that this was happening. And that sort of didn't matter in the court of public opinion. They still suffered significant reputational damage as a result. And I think it's no longer an acceptable excuse to say, oh, sorry, we just weren't aware that this huge systemic issue was happening at our company. And companies are being held accountable now. And that's 
That's very different, I would say, than five years ago. Let me make a small interruption here. Claire just made an excellent remark about the spark that became the pivotal moment for her to start her company. You get even more of such insights from her in the remainder of this interview. However, talking about that pivotal moment, as I write in my upcoming book, one of the core traits of a remarkable software company is the fact they master the art of curiosity. They are stars in identifying the macro, but also the micro shifts that lead to new opportunities to deliver a shift in value. So if you want to get some fresh guidance, what you can do to make your software business both remarkable and impactful, just drop me a note at ton.dobby at valueinspiration.com. Back to the interview. So that's one reason that I think this is relevant now. And I think the other thing the Me Too movement did is really empower people and say to individuals and to employees, like you don't have to just stay and take the, you know, abuse or mistreatment or whatever you're experiencing. You have a right to speak up and to make your voice heard. And that's great for some people. Some people are comfortable speaking out, are are sort of like heroes of that movement. And that's fantastic. And we work with a lot of them. You know, Susan Fowler is on our advisory board and a couple other people who have spoken up against their companies are as well. But at the same time, that's not going to work for everyone. So you have this mismatch between the messaging of, you know, speak up, take action, do something to fix the problem in your company to employees. But without the sort of safeguard of, and everything's going to be okay once you do. So I think there needs to be this sort of intermediate step of, if you want to report something anonymously, here's a way to do so, which empowers people and yet doesn't make them completely take on all the risk that speaking up can entail. That's true. Yeah. But do you see, for example, I mean, the typical customers that start with all voices, are they the ones that want to make that statement about this is not happening in our company and here's here's how we actually make up for that? Or is it the other way that they know it's happening and they want to, they want to get rid of it? So I would say for the most part, the customers that we have on the platform are very proactive. They want to take a stand about, you know, what's acceptable and what's not in their workplace. They want to hear from employees in a way that feels safe for the employee. And so they're thinking creatively about how do we make sure that we're sort of giving employees the support and resources they need in order to help us create a healthy workplace. So if they ever ever would need it in this company. Yeah. Exactly. And like I said before, you know, issues like harassment and more serious, you know, ethical issues are actually the more rare ones that they're hearing about. A lot of what they're getting is, you know, we have four modules on our product. We have an equity and inclusion module that covers things like harassment and discrimination and bias. We have a culture module that's like all the reasons that people might quit their job, like a lack of work-life balance or not being acknowledged or recognized or not having an ability to grow and develop in their careers. We have general feedback, which is a digital suggestion box. So people can ask questions, bring up, you know, feedback from anything to the direction of the company and its products or questions about benefits. It could be anything. It's kind of a catch-all. And then our fourth module is ethics and compliance. So we can replace a traditional whistleblower hotline. And that's things like financial and accounting issues, drug abuse, theft, et cetera. So Every company has issues, right? And they look different at every company. There's no company that could say, 
there's no way any employees want to provide me with any kind of feedback. There's no way that any employee isn't having sort of a culture issue, you know, so even if they're not having widespread harassment crisis, there's a lot for people to still share. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, it's sometimes, you mean, you can have the perfect culture, but there's someone, sometimes people don't click. And once that is happening, it can be super under the radar. What's happening then? Mm-hmm. And this is really good on that. Exactly. Um, there could be something that doesn't, exactly like you're saying, there could be something that happens that doesn't affect 99% of the employees and true. doesn't bother them, doesn't you know have any impact on their ability to work, but it might affect one person. And so why not provide a way for that person to speak up and make their perspective heard. What, what makes me curious, because it's a platform, of course, that yeah, you manage from one particular angle. And you were talking at the beginning about your work around social good and that you, with that work, also want to make an impact in terms of, for example, laws and so on. So is anything that you do, are you doing already anything around capturing the trends that you see from the, kind of the, yeah, the overall input from all your customers? And do you maybe see certain things take off? that need action, that possibly even need kind of the the larger bodies to take action on it. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that's really interesting, like I mentioned, is we have our customer base, which is Mm -hmm. is wonderful, and we have some amazing customers. Then we're also getting reports, you know, every day from just the general public as well. So we're able to look at those trends and get a picture of not just the sort of proactive companies that we're working with now, but kind of what is the state of the employee across the country, across, you know, retail and manufacturing and all these other industries across various geographies. We get reports about, you know, massive, you know, fortune 100 companies. We get reports about, you know, really small restaurants in the middle of the country. And so we're starting to capture a lot of really, really interesting data about in general, where things stand. And because employees trust us, they're giving us incredibly honest feedback, right? And I mentioned earlier the culture surveys. I think the problem with culture surveys is they're not really specific enough and they're not necessarily trusted by employees. So the value of the data that you can get out of it is just not as interesting as what we're seeing. And so... The right questions aren't asked. (laughs) Exactly. The right question about, um, would you recommend our company to a friend of yours? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. What is that? I mean, and that tells you one thing, but it doesn't really tell you the state of the employee experience and specifically what they're facing every day and the things that matter most to them. And that's what we're getting a sense of. Interesting. I mean, if you're thinking about what you could do next with a platform like that, giving prescriptive advice, or maybe even have smaller communities around how do you actually fix those problems? Because, well, knowing is one thing, but how do you fix it in the right way? And I think there's, there's things to learn from each other. Yeah, I think that's, that's really important. And that's a big part of what we're doing now, kind of on an ad hoc basis with our customers. But yeah. I think long-term, there's an ability to kind of systematize that publish, you know, high level reports and also best practices and solutions that we recommend for all companies, not just for our customers. Yeah. So next, in the next coming years, we have to look out for reports from all voices rather than Gallup. Exactly. In terms of of employee engagement. Mm -hmm. So what are you most proud of achieving so far? I mean, have you got any anecdote of something where you said, that's exactly why we did it? The thing that I'm the most proud of is that we are providing a place where people 
feel actually safe sharing really, really sensitive information Mm -hmm. directly with their company and actually finding resolution. So one of our customers shared with us kind of a summary of an issue that was brought forward and the way it was resolved. And I don't want to share the details of it, but what I will say is an individual was having a lot of trouble with their manager. They reported it to the administrator on the tool who's in HR. They explained exactly what was going on and why they felt really challenged in addressing it directly. And they said that they didn't feel comfortable, you know, coming forward or talking about it in person. And so what this HR person was able to do really, really skillfully was to use the two-way communication platform to really support and listen to this person and understand their perspective and then kind of coach them through how they could resolve it themselves with their manager, which is wonderful, right? Because that's not, that's not this sort of punitive model of, oh, we identified a bad actor and we're going to take disciplinary action. It's, I want to give you support in addressing this and here's how I recommend you address it. And I think the combination of that person feeling just heard in the first place about their issue and then being able to get support from someone who really understood all the people and the politics and the dynamics, you know, not like an outside therapist or something who has no idea, I think was incredibly valuable and, and is truly a source of pride for me because I think it's a new model in the way that workplace issues can be resolved. And I think both parties left that conversation feeling, feeling happier. Exactly. Yeah. Cause sometimes you don't know. And it's, yeah, it's the coaching parts whereby you resolve these things and you get both sides of the story and the, the understanding is then is, well, you get, you get out stronger, both of you. That's perfect. Yeah. So I mean, I'm writing a book about, which is called the remarkable effect. Mm-hmm. And it's about how technology companies can become remarkable in their category I mean, your story to me is, is a remarkable thing in itself, but I would like to get your view on about like, what is the secret behind building a remarkable software company? Because you've been in this space for a while and I value your, your ideas around that. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it depends what you mean by remarkable. I mean, it depends what you value. I think there's a lot of talk about you know, companies that raise a lot of money and companies that grow really quickly and I think we're actually starting to see in the news today some of the sort of fallout from that, like in the case of WeWork, for example. Yeah. And so I think we really need to define and potentially redefine what we think of as remarkable because the companies that are having the biggest impact and that are doing the most interesting things aren't necessarily the ones that are, you know, getting the most venture capital funding or growing the fastest. And sometimes they are, and it's great. But I just think the question that I ask myself every day is like, is this a net positive for the world? Am I helping people? Am I helping companies? Like, are we doing right by all the stakeholders in kind of our ecosystem? And that includes our customers, specifically the employees that work at those companies, the people who are using our platform who are not connected to our enterprise customers, my employees and their experience of working in our culture, and really everyone who's in any way affected by the fact that this platform exists. And I think if you think about things through that lens, you're able to make, you know, some of the harder decisions. Like for example, 
we have invested a ton upfront on security, encryption, data privacy, making sure that we're compliant with all of these different regulations. And I think it would have been very tempting for someone who was kind of rushing to get something up and running to sort of take shortcuts and bypass some of that because it's expensive, it's time consuming. And you Um, don't see it. Yeah. And you don't see it. And no one would be the wiser if we had taken some shortcuts. But for me, it's about asking myself like, okay, from the perspective of this employee who is typing something incredibly sensitive into our system, how can we be the, the best possible stewards of that data and ensure to the very best of our abilities that it's completely secure? So that's why, you know, another thing we do is we encrypt everything on our platform. So everything's encrypted, you know, in storage and transit and backup. Yep. That limits some of the functionality, right? You can't, for example, as an administrator, you can't search, you can't use the search function in certain ways because of that encryption. So that's a trade-off that we've had to make. And we've ultimately decided that the best way to have a net positive effect on the world and on our stakeholders is to be erring on the side of security for that data. Fascinating. So from all the lessons that you've learned, if you would give advice to another CEO of um, or of a software company, what would it be? Oh, that's such a good question. I don't know. I I think there's a lot of different types of advice I could give. I try not to give too much advice to people. I try to listen and understand and and, coach. and share stories when I can. But I guess I would say a couple of things. One, if you are starting a company, it is you know incredibly time consuming, energy consuming, life consuming, and you know you have to be prepared for that. But at the same time, it's really, really important to take care of yourself, to like close your computer at some point in the evening and do something different, something that energizes you or relaxes you. And I think the most important lesson I've learned since starting this company is really separating my identity from the identity of the company. I think there's a temptation, you know, early on, it's just you, or it's just you and a couple of early team members, right? And you start to mix up like, what am I versus what is my company? Or at least I did. And the problem with that is it can make, you know, rejections feel very personal. It can make everything sort of heightened in terms of like stress levels, deadlines, milestones. But when you're able to separate your identity from that of your company, you're able to sort of take this objective observer stand a little bit and say like, okay, as an objective observer, is this the right direction to go with the company? As an objective observer, was this customer maybe not going to be a good customer for us to be working with anyway? And so it's okay that they, that we didn't close that sale. And I think that can be really, I think that's probably the secret to how I have maintained my sanity through this journey. Wise advice. I like that. I like that. And I think it's exactly that, that's taking that step back and being able to look at it with fresh eyes and yeah, in terms of what is most important, that's sometimes where things get mixed up and messed up. So what is next for you? What is your biggest aspiration? Oh, it's a great question too. I mean, my aspiration is that this product becomes available to and accessible to every person who wants to use it. And so that's why we have this public facing tool right now. 
I really want to do a lot more to, you know, we've stayed pretty quiet about this tool. We haven't done a lot of press recently. And I think I'm going to be focusing over the next few months on making more people aware of the fact that this platform exists. It's available for you to use. It's free. And ultimately, I think can revolutionize the employee experience, right? Because if you now have the ability to communicate anonymously with anyone at your organization about something that you've experienced, that's a game changer. You don't have to just sit and suffer in silence anymore if something is happening or wait for your company to implement something like this. So making people aware of the fact that it exists, bringing on new customers, because I love when we work with customers because they're fully bought in, they're really invested, they care a ton about their employees and they want to make sure that employees feel heard and cared about. So we're scaling our sales team now in order to reach more more companies as well. And then on the product side, we're we have a lot of really really good ideas. Some of those ideas have actually come to us from the companies that we work with. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like product extensions, features and even completely new products that could seamlessly integrate into the All Voices platform. And some of them, we have a fantastic team of people who are highly creative and are always thinking about ways to make this all work even better. So I'm really excited about the next, you know, year, five years, 10 years. I think we're going to create a huge change in the world and in the way that employees experience their time at work. I'm uh, going to help you make that a reality. (laughs) And hopefully this podcast is going to be your first step with that. So if there's anything you could ask the audience, what would it be? How can they help you? I think, you know, it's interesting. Who would you say your core audience is? Like, who are your main listeners? It's a lot of people, first of all, in the business software industry. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's technology companies. But then also I've got a lot of people in the network that are in the services industry, which are essentially people-based. You know, they make their difference through people. Yep. People in government, people in education, people in professional service type organizations. Yeah. And so... I would just say to everyone listening, think about how this tool could be valuable to you or to someone in your life or to your organization and share it with them. Because I think that's a big part of the way that, that the word has spread so far. You know, our customers will tell other companies about the fact that this product exists and they'll get excited and reach out to us and We've seen a lot of sort of organic growth in that way. So I think talking about it, having conversations with people about why it's important to give employees an alternative way to report issues ranging from, you know, the very minor all the way to the most, you know, serious things that might happen and kind of having those conversations about like, are we doing enough today? And is there more we could do to empower employees and make them feel safe? Those are my main asks for the audience. I think Very good. I see this working really well at all different companies. We have companies that are, you know, 25 people using the platform. We have companies that have tens of thousands of employees. And so there's no one that this can't work for. Exactly. That's true. So last question, where can people go to if they want to find out more about your platform and say hi to you? That's a great question. So our website is allvoices.co, C-O. So you can go to the site, you can look around, learn more about how it works and some of the companies that we're working with and, and why we started the company and all of that. 
you can actually submit a report on that main homepage of our site. So do that as well. You can reach out to us via email at info at allvoices.co. If you have any questions, you can request a demo of the tool on our site. Some people are really visual learners and might just benefit from seeing how it works and kind of going yep. through that process with someone on our team. So you can do that. And then we're on, you know, LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So I can share all those links with you if you want to share them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. no, I think there's plenty of ways to get in touch. And I think the, the most simple one, that, that's what also what I did is to go to allvoices.co. Well, thank you very much. This was truly inspiring to me and I support your cause. Thank you. It was wonderful chatting with you. I had a great time. The same is true for me, Claire. And I hope it did exactly the same for my guests. So for everybody that's listening today, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Claire Schmidt, founder and CEO of All Voices. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, and lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.